Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and good morning, faithful listener. Thank you for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast. And guess what? I totally forgot to mention this, but the Bible Explained podcast just had a birthday. The first episode was aired August 14th of 2020, was when the P40 Ministries podcast got started and then got renamed just recently to the Bible Explained podcast. So yeah, that's an exciting little fun fact for you guys listening in. And for those of you who have been listening for the entire two years, which I know there are some of you, that's awesome. Like, thank you for supporting the podcast for that long. I do appreciate all of you guys. Let's go ahead and talk about Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. This is an interesting little portion here. We're going to learn about a handful of things in this portion that are kind of critical for moving forward in the story. So let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. And as I always do, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also your Bible and join with me in reading. The children of Israel, even the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. The people stayed in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and spoke, saying, We wish that we had died when our brothers died before Yahweh. Why have you brought Yahweh's assembly into this wilderness, that we should die there, we and our animals? Why have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Yahweh's glory appeared to them. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, take the rod and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes that it pour out its water. You shall bring water to them out of the rock, so you shall give the congregation and their livestock drink. Moses took the rod from before Yahweh as he commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water out of this rock for you? Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his rod twice, and water came out abundantly. The congregation and their livestock drank. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron, because you didn't believe in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with Yahweh, and he was sanctified in them. So yeah, you can see now why this is a very important piece of the story, especially moving forward. Because first and foremost, Miriam dies. And it doesn't give a lot of information on it. She probably died of old age. And that was kind of it. But the interesting thing about the fact that Miriam died is that this was the first start of the congregation of Israel dying in the wilderness. Don't forget, God had punished the children of Israel for not taking the promised land when they were supposed to take it. And because of that, God gave the people what they asked for. They asked, we don't want to take the promised land. It's too scary for us. We would rather die in the wilderness. So God's like, okay, you're going to die in the wilderness and your children will take the promised land. 
And this is the start of this. So a lot of people think that this is many, many years after God had given the people that punishment of staying in the wilderness for 40 years. This could have been 20 years after that. This could have been quite a while that the children of Israel were wandering around the wilderness at this point. Miriam dies and she died in the land of Kadesh is what it says. And it's interesting because the land of Kadesh was where the people had previously been. They were actually staying in Kadesh when the spies went out into the land of Canaan to go and like spy it out and see what was good there and stuff and bring it back. Then when the people heard that there were giants in the land, they didn't want to go in. They became scared. They uh, questioned God. They even said that Moses was a false leader and was trying to get another leader. They wanted to go back to Egypt. There was a whole bunch of stuff, stuff happening in Kadesh. And now here they are again in the land of Kadesh. Who knows how many years later after all that? And Miriam dies there. That's like the start of God's promise of the punishment that the people were going to die in the wilderness without taking the promised land. Then their children who survived them would go in many years later and take the promised land for themselves. So Miriam dies and was buried there in the land of Kadesh. But after all of this happens, it says there was no water for the congregation. And so they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. So here we go again. It's the same old story. People have very, very bad memories sometimes. <laughs> they have bad long-term memory, especially now as people are beginning to die in the wilderness. The, the children who are getting a little bit older are probably forgetting what their parents did, the rebellion that happened, and they're forgetting all that. So they do the exact same thing they had done before. They gather themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And it says the people quarreled with Moses and spoke, saying, we wish that we had died when our brothers died before Yahweh. I don't know what they're referring to here. It could have been them talking about the plague years before this. It could have been they could have been talking about the rebellion of Korah when 200 men died there. I don't know what they're referring to here. <laughs> <laughs> but there was quite a bit of judgment that God had placed on the children of Israel to refine them, to teach them, to build them up over time to the people God wanted them to be. But now they're doing the exact same thing. They didn't learn. And the reason they're doing all this, don't forget, is because there's no water in the land. And that's another thing they're forgetting. This happened, this exact same story pretty much happened before in Exodus, I think, chapter 17. And we talked about that way a long time ago, like almost a year ago now, I, I want to say. Exodus 17 talks about how the people came into the land, the wilderness, right after, like I think a month after they had gotten out of the land of Egypt. And they went into the wilderness. There was no water for them because the waters were bitter. And because the water was bitter, they decided to yell at Moses. So they were like, Moses, how dare you? You know, you brought us out of Egypt to go into this wilderness that has no water and we can't even drink. And is God here or not? That is actually one of the verses. It actually says that the people questioned whether God was with them or not back in Exodus chapter 17. And that was the first thing that the people did to anger God or rather tempt God. Now, God was very merciful and he did not... Uh, judge the people at that time. He, in fact, gave them water and they were 
able to drink and everything like that. But it was the same exact story of what happened here. You know, they they are doing the same thing. They're in the wilderness. There is no water. And they say, is God here or not? Basically. So now Moses and Aaron, rather Moses, is angry. He is probably sick of all this stuff that's been happening over the years. And I can imagine that he definitely did get sick of it. <laughs> like he was tired. He was old. He was probably getting close to being done. And on top of this, he might have been grieving Miriam as well. Now, this me stating all this does not mean that Moses was in the right for what he did next, because he definitely wasn't. But there were some things going on here with Moses as to why he did what he did. But that doesn't excuse what he did. So anyway, he's getting pretty tired of hearing the people complaining. So once again, Moses and Aaron go to the door of the tent of meeting where God resides and falls on their faces to worship God and to pray and to ask for God's guidance during all this. So God says to Moses, take the rod and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes that it pour out its water. You shall bring water to them out of the rock. So you shall give the congregation and their livestock drink. There's a lot of uh, metaphor, I suppose, that we could talk about with this, uh, especially with Jesus being our rock. We could definitely talk a lot about that. I'm not really going to focus in a lot on that today, but uh, it is an interesting parallel how Jesus is considered to be the cornerstone, the rock that we build our lives on. And this rock here is similar to a metaphor of Jesus as well. Moses was not supposed to strike the rock with the rod, which is what he ends up doing. In his anger, he screams at the people and then strikes the rock twice. We see that Moses over the years has a few anger issues. <laughs> I think this particular uh, story really highlights Moses's anger. So he was not supposed to strike the rock at all. Because he had already struck the rock back in Exodus chapter 17. And I actually think I talked about more of the parallel between the rock and Jesus actually in Exodus 17. I remember mentioning it. But because Moses had already struck the rock back in Exodus 17, years and years before this, he didn't have to strike it again. Jesus was only struck once for our sins. He didn't need to be struck again. Rather, Moses was supposed to go speak to the rock, life-giving words, and the water was supposed to pour out of the rock to literally sustain the children of Israel. But Moses doesn't do this. Once again, he goes up and strikes the rock, not just once, like it was supposed to be in Exodus 17 years before this, but he does it twice. And the reason he did it is right here. He did not believe that just speaking to the rock was enough. He did not believe Yahweh's words, because that's why Yahweh punishes him for two reasons. Because Moses did not believe in God's words that if he just spoke to the rock, spoke life-giving words, that the rock would pour out water. That was the first reason. But the second reason was what Moses says to the children of Israel when he's screaming at them. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels! Shall we bring water out of this rock for you? Moses equates himself with God here. That's, 
That's really what he did. In verse 10, shall we bring water out of this rock for you? As if he is on the same level of God and he can bring water for the people. And it's not just all the power of God. So not only does God punish Moses for his disbelief, but he punishes Moses because Moses equated himself with God and also did not give the glory to God during all this. Because this is what this is what God says to Moses at the end of all this. Because you didn't believe in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Moses did not sanctify God to the people. And sanctify means to bring glory to. Moses did not bring glory to God through this action. The people were not getting judged, actually, during all this, which is another interesting thing. God was not pouring out judgment. He was pouring out grace and mercy to the people. But Moses didn't want that. Moses wanted judgment for the people. God did not say to Moses, go scream at the people, then strike the rock. He said, go and speak to the rock. Don't say anything to the people. But Moses disobeyed God and did not bring glory to God through his actions. And this goes to show you that all people are human. (laughs) Moses was a human. Same as you and me. Yes, he had a good relationship with God, but he did wrong things. He sinned just like everybody else. And I mean, he erred pretty badly here because he equated himself with God. He was prideful. So he did not give the glory to God and he got punished. Just as the people got punished, Moses also got punished. And Moses got punished pretty harshly as well because God said to Moses, You're going to die in the wilderness the same as every other person here. You are not going into the promised land. You are not going to deliver your people because of what you did here. You're not going to do it. This is your punishment. You will die the same as all the other people in the congregation of Israel. But the end verse here, verse 13, is really beautiful to me. Here's what it says. These are the waters of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with Yahweh, and he was sanctified in them. So even though Moses messed up, even though Moses equated himself with God and disobeyed God in front of literally every person of Israel, God was still sanctified. The people still knew that God had brought that water out of the rock to sustain them to give them life. And really, this is a story of hope and God's grace as well, because even though Moses messed up, God poured out his grace on both Moses and the people by giving them water. But not only that, Moses messed up and God was still sanctified at the end of it. So we can't, you and I, can't mess up God's plan. We just can't. No matter how badly we screw up, God can fix it. Always. So even though Moses did not sanctify God to the people, the people still knew that this was God's power that had brought the water from the rock. And God did not pour out his judgment on the people. And I find that so beautiful that, yes, God does pour out his judgment sometimes. But more often than not, he shows mercy. He shows grace. And this was part of it. God showed his mercy and his grace to his rebellious people. 
What a cool story. I absolutely loved that. But also, all of Numbers chapter 20 is kind of a really cool story of God and his mercy and his grace. And we'll learn more about Numbers chapter 20 in the next week or so. But we are halfway done through Numbers, which is fascinating to me because I feel like we just started Numbers, but we are halfway done through season four already. So anyway, faithful listener, if you would like to support this podcast, go over to the P40 Ministries shop and get yourself one of those uh, Lion of Judah tees. One of my favorites. Very soft, very cottony, and it has a cool design as well. And it's also unisex. Anybody can enjoy it and wear it, and it's a cool design as well. So go over there, check it out, get yourself a t-shirt to support P40 Ministries and the Bible Explained podcast. Friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow for an episode out of Luke. Happy listening, and as always, God bless. Ooh.